0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma SOS. I'm your host, Jenny Brockbank, and I adore healing with you. Today, I am celebrating four years of recovery in my own journey of betrayal trauma. I'm going to be open about more things from my last year. I'll talk about why I'm grateful for recovery, what to expect from me going forward, and some things I'd like to change and own. Thanks for being here, friend. Let's heal together. I'm sending a very warm and heartfelt welcome to new listeners from Trinidad and Tobago and the Faroe Islands. Welcome. I'm truly sorry at the circumstances that would qualify you to listen to a, a podcast like this, but I love that you're here. I love that you're choosing healing for yourself, and I love healing with you. You might have noticed that I've done things quite a bit different this last year and backed off an awful lot. And yes, there is a reason behind that. For those who know me, they'll know that I typically go all in. I give my whole heart and soul to things, and um, I don't really take many breaks when I have a good focus. But some things happened that were super unexpected last year that really took my breath away, and people talk about um, being broken. I felt broken, and that might be controversial. I've heard people say, say you're um, not broken or you're bruised in healing or something, but for me, I felt broken, and I felt unable to perform uh, my normal duties, and I didn't follow through on an awful lot of things because of it. I just didn't. So I thought today that I would share why, and I do so with the gracious permission of my husband, and you'll see why I consider that to be gracious um, here in a bit. Before I begin, I'm hoping to address a few things, and one is whatever you're feeling, um, if this triggers pain in you, one, um, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, my story is kind of extreme, actually. And so, if it triggers some distress or pain, my heart goes out to you. I just feel like my listeners would value the truth from me. And I won't go into a lot of details, but I'll give enough that it might it might be distressing. Maybe people will will relate or they'll wonder. And if that's the case, recently, I had something like that happen to me, and I heard about uh, somebody else, another couple that I admired. Um, that were getting divorced, and I needed therapy for it. and I needed to reach out to friends and to those those other sources uh, to find my own healing from their situation. So I really want to be aware that this might be hard information to hear. And if it is, that's okay. And I love you and I hope that you find the healing that you need. Hopefully, it's a good opportunity to look and say, okay, this is triggering trauma and what resources can I use to heal from that trauma? The other thing that I would really like to address before before I start and before I share is the issue of my husband. I'm very hopeful that people we'll be able to see that we're in the middle of a journey, that we haven't arrived anywhere, that he hasn't arrived anywhere, that our family is still struggling, and that this path is just, it's not clear for us yet. And the healing hasn't happened all the way yet. And and there are things that that have received some healing, and I'm very thankful for that. But you're seeing a couple, a family, in the messy middle. And it is messy. So without further ado, I think I'll take you back about a year. A year ago, well, it was over a year ago. I don't think the timeline is super critical. You'll probably notice about when I fell off from podcasting is about when things really hit the fan, so to speak anyone who's dealt with a spouse who has had a relapse will relate with this as I share that I just knew something wasn't right. It wasn't right. It was messy. It was, uh, my husband wasn't connecting with me very well. He was angry. Um, There were things that were not right. I couldn't put my finger on it, but he said he wasn't relapsing. He said that Things were just stressful, and there were some other stresses in our lives with, with things like a job and such that I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's it. But it got to a point where I was very concerned, and I remember um, having some good long prayers with God to try and figure it out, and I begged Him to please allow me to live in truth. And I'm not saying that what I did next is right for anyone else. It was right for my situation. It might not be what would be good for you at all. So I'm just telling you what happened, not to be used as a template. But I I had prayed. I knew that something was wrong. God had, had verified that. And I felt strongly that he would answer my, my desperate plea to live in truth. And um, I remember one night that I sat up with my husband and I said, something is wrong. I know that something is wrong. And I said, um, I'm going to look through your phone. <laughs> and I did. And I started searching through his phone and he wasn't, confessing to anything. He was looking at me like, whatever, you're not gonna find anything. And I did find something, and it wasn't what I was expecting. It was actually um ooh. it was Google it was a Google search on ways to commit suicide. And I was pretty distressed at that point. But as I kept praying, I just knew there was more to it and I needed more truth. And as the truth came out, he had had a relapse and he was struggling with some things. So I started to look at the situation from the perspective of addiction and thinking he's suicidal because he's He's in a lot of shame from having a relapse, you know, and I was kind of frustrated and I think I did a pretty pretty decent job um, without yelling or anything like that. So there's progress in what I had done. I don't, I did not handle it perfectly and I especially didn't handle it perfectly because I did not know some other factors that were going on. So this time I decided I really didn't know if he was telling me the truth. This had been, you know, 20 years of marriage um, where this had been a consistent pattern. And I said, you know, I really need a polygraph. So as he was preparing for the polygraph and he was willing to do it, and I appreciated it, some other things became concerning and things like, he was so angry, and nothing I said. Um, he seemed to have like this alternate reality for what I was saying, and I also didn't realize that he had huge terror of abandonment. So as I'm looking at boundaries, and he's being, you know, struggling with how he's treating me, and he's had a relapse, and I don't know the truth, and I'm I'm looking at a separation. What I wasn't aware of is that the fear of abandonment that he had was connected to a very severe mental illness that was not treated or diagnosed or recognized. So me wanting to implement a boundary like separation was making that worse. And that's not to say that a separation shouldn't have happened. But what I've come to see is that if something like that does need to happen, it needs to happen with a therapist in our situation. And not just any therapist, a qualified therapist. There were some other things that were just so concerning. And among them, like I remember one time, he it just looked like he almost couldn't stand to be in his skin. He was just... Um, he was kicking some boards over and over. He was highly agitated. He was very, very, very distressed. We started to have some very high crisis situations. For instance, um, when, when I had mentioned that I was looking at a separation and I had, had talked to him about that, that triggered such a severe incident that he ended up in the hospital I remember another time when I had his therapist on one ear. He had handed me his phone as he walked out the door. And I had 911 on the other on the other ear. And she had said, this is very serious. And as he drove off, I remember thinking, I am never going to see him again. I'm not going to be able to see him again alive. I really didn't think I would. It was that intense and that bad. He did come home a few hours later from that time, and I'm hesitant to share this, but think it might um, help to add some information, um, but he had a suicide note written on his arm. And from that point on, he, he allowed me to take him to the hospital where he was admitted for the first time. He was also admitted a second time for similar types of things, and throughout uh, the following year, I just can tell you, it was intense on a daily basis, and there were other things that happened, like our family got COVID, and I have to tell you, I was glad to have COVID in some ways. Not, I didn't like feeling sick, but I appreciated very much not having to go anywhere in the midst of such high, intense struggle, and it was a gift. And I appreciated that our church, for instance, was on Zoom and that that I could watch Zoom instead of be in church because it took a lot of energy to function. It took a lot of energy to figure out what I was doing, and it took so much out of me to become physically and emotionally ill, and really, really spiritually tired. I am really glad to say that at this point, mentally, my husband is quite a bit more stable. Um, we have a team, like an army of professionals behind us, and some of really the best of the best And that's humbling. And I'm so grateful. And I don't think that our marriage would have survived or even my husband would not have survived without that amazing help. So for that, I am truly, truly grateful. Why, oh, why, oh, why would I tell you this and maybe um, burden your heart, which I I hope to not do, Um, but why would I do that? and be so vulnerable with such a painful story that has life or death and severe mental illness and things like that. It is because of this. What I'm finding with addiction is that those who consistently struggle with addiction oftentimes, if not most of the time, have something extra going on. I didn't believe it in my situation. And now, and I had to learn the hard way, but and now I know, I know that it's true. That my husband was dealing with something extra. In his case, severe mental illness. In his case, he felt like um, if you're looking at a burn patient and you just have so much empathy for what a burn patient looks like, that that has got to hurt you know he felt like that on the inside and that had gone undiagnosed for an awful long time well i have this this sweet amazing powerful group of friends and it's fascinating because i think some of us are really just finding out we all had extra in our situations that it wasn't just addiction and addiction is a huge part of it and in my husband's case addiction absolutely fed into and made the mental health situation worse and that made the the desire for addiction worse so it's like this catch 22 that that my husband has been caught in but it matters Because if your loved one is struggling with something else, like a personality disorder or a mood disorder, or they maybe have undiagnosed depression that needs some medication, the addiction is really a sign of some unhealed trauma. And it's not okay. I'm not justifying uh, that my husband turned to addiction to get, you know, To numb that pain, I don't think that's okay. But I do have empathy regarding what he went through without any kind of diagnosis and without any help. And I just want to put it out there that maybe, maybe, maybe your loved one might have something as well. And it might be worth exploring because I would have loved and appreciated to explore those things before, before it got intense, before it got life-threatening, before I worried that I would become a widow, before my children peeked out the window watching their dad be put into an ambulance by police officers, before. Sex addiction does harm the brain just like any other addiction because they're producing chemicals that, that can literally change the shape of the brain and that's really important to know because it might contribute to some sort of mental instability. After all, addiction in and of itself is mental instability, right? So I wanted to share with you why breath has been hard this year. I won't go into all of the details because it is intense and not likely necessary, but my eyes are wide, wide open. Speaking of which, My eyes are also wide, wide open to mistakes that I made, and I would like to own a few of those. I'll begin by explaining how I came to do this particular podcast, and one thing that I love to do is to pray. I love to pray. I pray a lot, and um, in in my prayers, I was receiving revelation that I needed to do a podcast about betrayal trauma, and I remember saying, okay, I will when I have more healing. So maybe, you know, two or three years down the road. And I argued, I argued with the Lord about that because I didn't feel healed enough or ready enough. And the answer was now. And I also felt like I would make mistakes because I was new. And I did make mistakes because I was new, and I want to offer myself some grace about that while also um, talking about some of the mistakes that I made. I think that my first mistake that I made was feeling like God chose me, so therefore I have um, an awful lot to offer. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I don't want to underestimate or undervalue what I bring to the table because I do believe that I have a lot to offer. And I do believe that he's given me some stunning resources. However, what I'm finding is this is a lot about my own recovery. What you're seeing is me being messy on display. Really and truly, I'm on a healing journey and I am devoting what I can in time and resources uh, to recovery, because I, I find that recovery is really about me becoming a better person. It's about me becoming closer to God. It's about me figuring things out from an eternal perspective. That's what it is for me. I value it so much. But I really am four years into this process, and there's value in that, and I have more learning to do as well. And having gone through what I did, I now have a lot more to offer. Going forward, though, I think what you're going to hear from me more is interviews, because I would like to pick the brains of people who know things that I don't know, who can add to to my recovery who can add to what I'm doing. And I want to share that out loud because I feel like God has given me much and is giving me much. And I want to give that back to you. It's fulfilling for me. It gives me joy to do that. And it gives some kind of purpose to the pain. So it helps me. It helps me heal. As such, I'm really, really excited to share an interview that I just did with Ashlyn Mitchell. And if you've listened to the podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, Ashlyn was the once betrayed, and Ashlyn shares her hope and healing with me about how she has been a buffalo throughout some hard things that she's been through. I wanted to interview Ashlyn because I knew that she knew things that I don't know, just kind of like I said, but that was a very messy way to say it. But Ashlyn, I have seen her go from really, really broken to thriving. And as I saw that, I I really wanted more of what she had, more of the healing. And so I picked her brain about that. And I'm so excited that you get to hear that as well. I have some more wonderful interviews lined up and, again, from people who know more than I do, and I'm very, very excited to learn from them and to share with you what I learned from them, and hopefully you gain a lot from from what they share as well. Maybe you gain different things than I do, and we can benefit each other with those different perspectives. The other thing, in case you weren't aware, I never... I mean, I've had some moments on social media where um, I've gone for a bit without posting, but for the most part, I've stayed very active on social media. And what has been developed there is a really beautiful community. I value it. I've had a lot of people be vulnerable with me, gain some friends. I look forward to hearing people's insights and reading their comments. And if you'd like to join there as well, Um, look for Betrayal Trauma SOS on Instagram and Facebook. I would say Instagram is uh, much more active, but the same basic info is being shared on both platforms. Having been through the ride of my life this last year, and um, I don't think it's over, but having been through what I have though, I've been reflecting back on what I am grateful for in recovery. I would like to share something that happened to me when my life started falling apart. And it is that as I was praying one day, I had a really strong impression. I want you to be grateful for this. And I really, I was taken aback because overall, I do believe in gratitude. I do believe and I strive to live, live in gratitude, but... This time I was struggling. My husband had relapsed and he was suicidal and I was worried that I would be a widow and I didn't know what that meant for me financially and um, to hear that, that come that I needed to, he wanted me to find gratitude for it was such a hard pill for me to swallow. So I did start out with some gratitude, and, and I couldn't figure out what exactly I was grateful for. I have to be honest, but I was really trying, and um, it, w- it took me a few weeks later when I found <clears throat> when I found what I was grateful for, and I was grateful for what the trial had brought to me because, in an instant. <laughs> I had become more humble, and I don't think that I've arrived at humility, but the amount of humility that was like I was forced into was intense, and I value myself better when I am humble, so that was something that I was grateful for, but the other thing that really, really sticks with me that I was grateful for and am grateful for is that I know people go through hard things that take their breath away. I know what that's like. I know that I was prone at times to saying some kind of invalidating things to help people stand back up or whatever, when all they really needed from me was for me to sit with them in grief. And I learned to sit with people in grief. That's not actually a gift that I want to give back, and it was worth the price that I paid something else that I did. I mean, I totally was new to the twelve steps. hadn't been to very many meetings at all. And I had answered in my q and a thing just some I said something really wrong about the twelve steps. So I wish that I had not done that, that I had looked that up better or spoken a little better about something. Um, that I knew with and had gotten some things just kind of mixed up. So I just want to own that I really made a mistake with that one. I may or may not go back and fix that episode. I haven't decided. If I do, I'll put a disclaimer in it that says this has been modified or something like that. The last thing that I want to own is that In my very first episode, and likely in other episodes as well, I came out, like one of the first things out of my mouth was, my husband is sober and in recovery. And um, in truth, what I've come to see is I can't talk about anybody else's recovery. I, I don't know actually what they're doing. I don't know, because that is so personal. And recovery and sobriety are really between us and God. And so I won't be talking about other people's sobriety. I do feel like there are some markers that I really value. Uh, Rilan Real Croshaw talks about the markers being humility, honesty, and accountability, and those do help me to measure my safety. I also use those markers in my own recovery. Am I being humble, honest, and accountable? For me, and what does that look like for me? So I really value value those markers, but they don't necessarily tell me that um, somebody is sober. That really is an individual thing. I have loved healing with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. If this episode has been heavy for you, I just really appreciate you sticking it out with me. And if you weren't able to, that's okay as well. And I wish that I could reach through and give you a big, big hug. And might I suggest self-care and looking into further things that you might need if it was triggering at all. I hope you'll join me for my next episode, which features Ashlyn Mitchell. I learned a lot from her about being a buffalo and have already applied some of the principles in my own life. Betrayal Trauma SOS is on Facebook, is on Instagram, is at BetrayalTraumaSOS.com, and is on multiple podcasting platforms. I love healing with you. Let's heal together.